Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Why not save the best for last? Our last show of the decade. What's up, you guys? It's Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of FightfulWrestling.com. Uh, I'm here with Denise Salcedo, InstinctCulture.com. Denise, I am going to predict that the Lashley-Lana wedding does at least 3 million YouTube views by the end of tomorrow. Maybe a little less because of the holiday. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say that it's going to be way more than that. I don't know why. Be. I just have a wild feeling, especially with the way that their numbers have been, that this is just going to like completely blow up, especially once Twitter gets a hold of it. People find out that they missed something absolutely crazy. People are going to get on that. Oh, boy. I can't wait to talk about this segment. Me and you, we, we got on, on Skype to do this show. And you're like, are you excited? And I was like, I, I cannot possibly explain how excited I am for this. Like, this is amazing. I cannot wait to talk about this wedding segment. And we gotta wait until the end. Oh That's my true. god. I, I just didn't expect this Raw to go this way, to be honest. I, I thought it was just gonna be a regular Raw weekend. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> oh man. It was, it was good. And you know what? I rather enjoyed Raw. All things considered, I was like, uh, eh. Okay, um, sure. And then that main event segment happened, and it's like, okay, this capped it off. It was so bad that it was fantastic. And I, I'm st I'm at a loss for words, and that's not easy to do, Denise. I, I feel you. I didn't even know what to tweet. I was like, I feel like I should come up with something really clever to tweet, but it was sucked out of me. All the cleverness was sucked out of me. Boy. Oh, boy. Let's let's start with the opening segment. Kevin Owens comes out. One thing that bothers me, and and I mentioned it before, I hate it when they have baby faces, especially throw to videos all the time. Check out this video. Now check out this video. Show us while they're walking to the ring, and then you can cut cut back to them in the ring watching that as it had played. Okay, cool. That would make a lot more sense than Kevin Owens goes going. Hey guys, watch this. I'm sure you don't remember last week. I, just, I think it happened twice today on the show. I feel like that happened again uh, at, on Raw today. Like, that wasn't the only time. Yeah, and it was really annoying. I do like that Owens was like, I am done with uh, this film study, and I'm ready to kick AOP and Seth Rollins' ass. You're going to probably beat one of me up, but I'm taking one of you with me. So they attack, and then eventually Samoa Joe makes the save. Samoa Joe is a babyface, is a festivist miracle they're cheering him they love him and him being a baby face is something that's needed denise oh my gosh so the second that he came out and 
obviously, like, you know, we had talked about this last week. We expected it. You know, he got attacked by AOP. You know, we talked about everything that was going on in commentary. We knew all of that. But when he came out, I got so excited, I clapped. Like, who does that, you know? So, like, when Samoa Joe came out with, like, all this, like, electricity, and he just came in with so much, like, power where it made you excited to see him. And I just felt like I really enjoyed all of that. I enjoyed, like, the beatdown and then everything that followed afterwards. I actually love this segment. Like, top to bottom, I thought I thought it was good. But I do agree with you in terms of having to, uh, re- like, play the video. That should have been done prior, you know, prior to, to the actual segment. So uh, Samoa Joe made that save. Security had to break up the fight after Owens whips out a chair. He does a great somersault senton onto the pile outside. It looks awesome. Uh, Samoa Joe, <laughs> I, I, the thing is he's so good on the mic, but he does some of the tropes. Like, they'll ask him a question, and he'll re-ask the question, and he'll say, you see, right afterwards. He does it every single time. Other than that, I think he's phenomenal on the microphone. He said that Seth Rollins made sure that Kevin Owens always had somebody by his side when he attacked Samoa Joe last week. Uh, they're being asked to leave, and they said that they think they've accomplished what they set out to do tonight. And that was good. It's a good way to get them on the show, take the focus off of them. Same thing happened with AOP and Rollins a little bit later. And that way they they did what they needed to do, and they're off the show. I, I rather liked all of this, all of this stuff in, involving all five guys. Yeah, this was good, especially like, you know, the whole brawl that came afterwards. They had some good spots in there. I thought that everybody came out looking like a winner because, you know, you have the AOP, you have Seth Rollins who, you know, they're pissed. Basically, they're doing everything that you would expect for a heel to do. And then the baby faces were doing everything that you expect a baby face to do. And so I just felt that all of that sort of came together very well. And I was genuinely excited. And when they had that backstage segment with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe, I just thought to myself, like, these two together was something that I didn't realize that I actually needed because it was it, it it works you know like they both they both come across as believable they both come across as two guys that are pissed you know they're looking to get revenge against the AOP and, and Seth Rollins like you know these are guys that have a mission and at the same time they're doing it in a way that's you know uh that the fans can enjoy yeah I, I agree uh like I said Rollins and AOP were asked to leave as well uh, I just think that AOP and Rollins versus Owens, Ray, and Joe has been built so well. Just so very well. There, there, we, we've talked before about all the pointless six and eight man tag matches. I don't see this one as pointless. I don't see it that way. I see this uh, not, not as important, but TLC 2012, uh, when you had the shield against like Ryback, Daniel Bryan, and I can't remember who else. Like, it felt like this was an important thing. I buy Rollins and AOP as a top-level act. I do. And quite frankly, WDB kept AOP off TV for a very long time because I don't know if they had the, the confidence in their own booking to keep these guys over while still booking them on TV. That's a real condemnation of your ability to book a show and keep people strong when you're just like, you know what, we'll just not have them on TV for a long time. If we, if we don't know what to do with them without having the titles. I mean, sometimes I forget that they even held the titles, that they were even right. there. That, that the Drake I mean, Mar- Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. They could have easily been brought back in and hey, they could have been lost in these like random, you know, tag team matches where they could be, you know, Zack Ryder or something. Like that would be like what we would probably would have been seeing, you know, if they were just came back and not really had like some sort of purpose, you know? Yeah. And, um, also, I have just a lot of questions that I would just love to talk to everybody who had something to do with booking the last couple of months of WWE before the brand split. I don't know why Brock Lesnar needed to be champion. Unless there's some great master plan, I don't know what's going on. Because The Fiend, they want him to be a heel on SmackDown. It's evident. He's working Daniel Bryan, one of the most beloved baby faces in the company. He's working The Miz, who is also a baby face. So they want The Fiend to be a heel. I feel like they could have established that significantly better by having him beat another beloved guy like Kofi. Whether it was competitive or not, they could have had him beat Kofi. He could have worked the storyline with Kofi. It would have went a lot better because, quite frankly, Kofi was way more over as a babyface this fall uh, and summer than Seth Rollins was, for better or for worse. Brock Lesnar 
didn't need to be involved. He could have done the Ray thing without the title. Honestly, yeah, it's funny because it's one of those things where you're like, man, like Brock's champ and like it's almost something that you can easily forget just because you're not seeing it, you know, every week. And I'm totally for, you know, the whole keeping him special, that sort of thing. I'm all for that. But I think that, you know, the fact that we haven't seen, you know, the bout really, uh, you know, presented every week on Raw or something going on with it every week, it does kind of take away from that because then it kind of makes you feel like, hey, we're we're sort of doing good without it, but we shouldn't be like that because because it's, it's, you know, it's, would you would say, the most important bout on the roster, obviously. So then why not have it, you know, on the show as some focal point that, you know, the whole talent, the whole roster on Raw would want to have. So it is pretty interesting that, you know, he got the title and it's just, you know, hasn't been anything since. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Seth Rollins with the title and resorting to the AOP as his desperate means to keep the title. I think there's even an, a, a better story in that. Meanwhile, Brock with the money in the bank briefcase, you know, I complained about Brock going from SmackDown to Raw. The thing is, they didn't need him to cash in when he did. And if he still had that briefcase, not only would he be more interesting right now, it would give Brock Lesnar a reason to be on both shows because he's got the briefcase. He's got the golden ticket. So you leave Brock Lesnar with the briefcase, you can have him on Raw, you can have him on SmackDown, or you can just have his music play, for the love of God. His music <laughs> plays, and you think he's coming out, and that, that adds some interest. Seth Rollins, still the champion, has to worry about that all the time. He enlists the help of AOP. They start all this stuff with Owens and Ray and with with uh freaking with Joe. You've still got The Fiend as an established heel on SmackDown. Kofi gets the belt off of him. You can move on. It just makes too much sense, Denise. Well, yeah, oh. not only that, it would add a whole other layer, a whole other element to Seth's character where, like you said, he would have to resort to the AOP helping him keep that belt. And so I think that... You know, it's kind of like that point where, you know, when this, when Brock does come and do something, well, next week, it's kind of going to be like, okay, well, where are we going with this, you know? Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, guys, leave a thumbs up if you're watching live on youtube.com slash SRS Wrestling. We are still working to get our YouTube channel back. Uh, YouTube's not letting me monetize this one right now for some weird reason. I'm looking into that as well. So the best way to uh, support us is by subscribing to FightfulSelect.com. I know some of you are going to want to hear Alex Pawlowski's very sour thoughts on tonight's Raw. He has a post show for Raw and SmackDown that airs every single week on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service. That's the most direct way to support us. And of course, uh, subscribing to this channel, visiting Fightful.com. But if you all want to do me a personal favor, go subscribe to YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Mm -hmm. He is, as I, as I say this, about 15 subscribers away from being able to monetize. So if just a couple of you that, that are watching this right now, head over to YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That makes a big difference in being able to monetize your channel. As, as Denise knows and I know, it makes a drastic difference. Uh, so go and support our, our Wednesday and Friday night friend and Mr. Warren Hayes and get past that thousand mark. If you all get him there by the end of this show, maybe I'll do a special show or something this month to kind of uh, like uh, incentivize you guys. But go check that out as well. That's I'll, really awesome that he's almost there to oh, monetize. Yeah. It took me eight months to get there, so congrats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and apparently it's going to take me eight years to get <laughs> to monetize anything on this platform again. Man. Uh, yeah, it ain't fun. It ain't fun. But uh, – <laughs> I love this first segment, and damn it, I love the first match, Denise. Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. I'm you know about, what? I was really happy. face. <laughs> no, this was a really good match in terms of I, I, I'm happy that they played off of the mind games that were being played off last week where, you know, you know, they, they were, you know, both saying like, Hey, I beat my guy faster than you got than, than yours. That was a lot of fun. And then they come in and they kind of do that again this week, but different. And so this match was really good. There was a lot of fun spots in this match and, um, uh, I really like the whole stories with the, with Buddy Murphy's meat being sold there. It was really good. This match ruled. And it's one of those things where 
You don't want to see him wrestle every single week because it might get old. I know some people have said, oh, best of seven series. That works a lot better when, well, maybe it works a lot better from the the get-go. But if, if you're Buddy Murphy, I think your character motivation should mirror some of that of Becky Lynch right now with Asuka. His purpose on this brand should be to face Aleister Black again because he knows he can beat Aleister Black, even though nobody else seems to be able to. Nobody's beaten Aleister Black since January in a singles match, since Tommaso Ciampa. Nobody. But Buddy Murphy's gotten close, and he knows that that's what can, can bring him to relevance because he's got the right type of style. Styles make fights. Sometimes you see the best MMA fighters in the world. Like, GSP got beat by Matt Sarah, and a lot of you are going to look at me and say, who the hell is Matt Sarah? Exactly. You didn't know who Matt Sarah was before that. But he had the right style, the right circumstance to beat uh, George St. Pierre. That that mirrors this. They've got this great chemistry. There was this awesome spot, Denise, where Murphy went for a sunset flip bomb. He peeled in the head like he was doing the cheeky Nando's kick. And then when Black countered that, he threw him onto the post. Uh, he did this awesome tope con hilo, and usually I would hate that when he's selling the knee. But he landed, and he was immediately selling the knee. But see, that's the thing, too, that I think that was probably where I had a little bit of issue, though, mm-hmm. because I feel like he's doing, uh, you know, I almost feel like he was selling the knee, though, when he remembered versus, like, instead of, hey, my knee's not, you know, tip-top shape. Let me not go ahead and do this dive. So I thought that it would have been nice, like, when he was going for the power bomb, if, like, instead maybe his knee gave out or something, because I did feel that he he sold the knee, but until after he had already done whatever move that he wanted to do. And I actually, well, I wanted Murphy to win this one, because I kind of felt like he needed it a little bit more, and I thought it would have elevated both of them. Like, I wouldn't have seen Alistair losing to him as a, as a fault, especially if they would have done it during the spot where uh, Murphy had his legs on the rope and he almost I think he got like a two count on that I think had he gotten a quick win like that on Alistair that would have actually been you know a way to you know protect both guys you know elevate Murphy and then also have Alistair be like what the hell like this just happened like he got away with that you know so I actually thought the match could have ended there I mean granted it went on to be a really amazing match after that but those were probably the two little things that I would have changed or adjusted yeah under understandable that could that could bother some people. For me, it, it doesn't, I guess, because I've seen what m- momentum and adrenaline can do. For, I mean, we see it with a lot of MMA, MMA fighters. Uh, Scott Smith versus Pete Sell. Scott Smith got hit in the ribs, and he doubled over. He sees Pete Sell running at him. He runs up, he cracks him, and then he falls back over. Like, it is it is something that we, we can see. So I didn't have as much of a problem with it, but I understand if other people do. Um, that There was a great combination strike trade again uh there was a question mark heel kick i think it was more alistair black making up for a missed kick but he went past and then brought the heel back and like slapped murphy across the face with it a beautiful question mark kick and a brain buster then two black masses win it for alistair black this was just this was good they they've got really good chemistry yeah, honestly, that's why, like, I wasn't, like, super pissed because I was like, dude, all in all, they gave us a good match, and that's all I can ask for. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's unbelievable. Guys, you all have Warren up to 996. Four of you, four of you go subscribe to him right now. You do the four, 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 four. and then do the spinneroni. Four of, four <laughs> of you guys. Just head over there and do it. Eric Rowan is backstage yelling at Lana because he didn't get an invitation. Then he says he doesn't care. Says that maybe maybe you don't like me. This was weird. Like, all right, but I'm so done with the same squash matches. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, the whole Kip thing, uh, that was just like, all right, I saw this guy do it last week and another guy do it the other week before that. It was funny the first time. Maybe, you know, even the second time with the candy canes. All right, whatever. But I think now it's definitely old. The only good thing about this was that it happened faster than anything else. Yeah, I'm just I'm just ready. I'm ready, man. I, I want to see something different. I want to see – I want to see Eric Rowan – doing something worth doing now like either let's let's find let's find a, an angle or it's it's the same thing every week i i'd rather see heath slater out there getting like doing that or something 
it's just well, I just don't think the storyline's working for him, you know? It's just like it's gone on too long, and I don't think at this point anyone really cares anymore what's inside his cage i just think that it it came in there was a moment where it could have been done and now it's gone too long to where you're like okay now i just don't care yeah yeah i agree uh up next we had charlotte flair she announces herself as the first entrant in the 2020 royal rumble Uh, that's cool the promo that followed was weird she made a bunch of like oh well i'd be the first in the decade the first woman or man and i'm like okay come on get to the point but uh, first entrant in the 2020 Royal Rumble, sure, she's a big name. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I guess it was something to at least keep you thinking about the Rumble and knowing that it's coming up. Hey, friendly reminder, Rumble's coming. Yeah. Natalia answers her challenge, and they had what I thought was a very good match. They have chemistry. They've worked together like 20 times in one-on-one matches. But this is their first in about a year and a half. How'd you feel about this match? Honestly, okay, it was a good match, but I don't think I was as interested as maybe I could have been. And I thought it did go a little too long because there was some time where I was just sitting there thinking, okay, I I think I'm ready now to move on. But it was technically a good match. I liked it. I liked that aspect of it, but I just don't think that I was completely invested in this one. Yeah, and the thing is, there was never any doubt of who was going to win this match. Never. Uh, Not not a bit. Like, I didn't think that Natalya was going to win this. Um but there were some spots that I really liked. I loved the, the Charlotte countering that drop kick that Natalia does when she steps on a person because we've seen that a hundred times. Somebody would scout her. They wouldn't just sit there. Uh, there's not a lot of reaction until Natalia tells somebody in the crowd to shut up. It's funny. She, like, does that at random sometimes. She was pretty aggressive in this one because I think she even used the B word at one point with Charlotte. I think she said, like, I'm the bigger B or I'm the baddest B. I I couldn't make out exactly what she said. But I was like, oh, I like this aggression from Natalia. That was fun. So somebody, I can't remember who it was. I wish I could give them credit, but... They're like, anytime Natalia gets an actual storyline, that's how she kicks it off. She does her line, then she goes, bitch! And that's it. <laughs> like, it is. That's hilarious. She, she does I do never that. realized that at all. But I, I mean, I noticed it today, but I didn't realize it was something that she had done before. Oh gosh, all the time, yeah. Uh, but Charlotte does the Boston Crab in the, in the turnbuckles, that was cool. And I, I dug, the 24-7 spot, even though I hate just the element of the nonstop chase. It's so stupid and pointless. And there was a period this weekend where people thought the title had been retired, Denise, because of a WWE.com glitch that had it listed as retired. It's not. They're still doing really? it. Yeah. They're still doing oh, it. That. Yeah, it, it's good to go, but they need to do something creative with it. But it led to Charlotte hitting a badass big boot on Eric Young. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Natalia. Well, I mean, last, sorry, last week wasn't bad with the 24 seven title. That was good. That was fine. Yeah. And, um, Natalia did an awesome power bomb out of a corner boot that got reversed. Charlotte did a bad looking natural selection out of a sharpshooter attempt. Then Charlotte goes for the moonsault, lands on her feet, sets up a figure eight, but gets small packaged. Then does the figure eight. I kind of wish she just would have done the figure eight out of the moonsault, but whatever. It was it was a good match. I enjoyed it. I just never doubted that Charlotte was going to win this match. Right, no. I, I don't think that was there at all. It just, you know, those matches that you definitely know are like filler. That That's essentially what it was and what it felt like. Yeah, it was. And, and there was some good wrestling on this show. Uh, oh, yeah. There's some interesting promos on this show, too. A Liv Morgan vignette where she says she's ready, and boy, is she ever. We will get to that. But, I was thinking ready, like, oh, okay, she's gonna come in in the rumble. That's, that's, that's what my mind was thinking. That's where too. I went. I, 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 that, I had no doubt in my mind that we were gonna see her in the rumble. Becky Lynch is backstage. She issued a tweet today saying, amazing what they'll give you when you remind them that their contract, your contract is coming up. Now, this is kayfabe. If you guys ever watch my interview with Becky Lynch, she straight up addresses that on Twitter, she says, nothing but work gets done here. She is working. Uh, she's facing Asuka at the Rumble. That's what her contract negotiation was. Uh, she said even before she would negotiate a contract, she wanted Asuka at the Rumble. This makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> Why not? Also, buys more time for Kyrie Sane, and I'm all for that. Kyrie Sane didn't seem like she figured much into the plans over the next four or five weeks anyway. But you know what? 
it's fine. You give her a little bit of time off. I'm okay with that as the Royal Rumble takes shape. Uh, this, this is all good to me. Oh, yeah. Not only that, so I just want to say this, that, you know, with Becky, when she tweeted that out, I love that because, you know, it's so hard to, you know, get people. I, I think she mentioned this in her promo that she did with Charlie, where she talked about, I think she mentioned something along the lines of, you know, when you have like the golden, basically when you're on top, it's hard when you're on top because you ha- it's so easy to get brought back down. And if you think about that, it's, you know, it makes sense because, you know, here she is on social media posting this things that, you know, not everybody could be like, oh, that's automatic kayfabe. A lot of people are going to believe that. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I'm taking interest in what she's saying here on social media, because this to me may be true. And so I like the fact that she's still going out there. She's always finding a different way to get people talking about her. And with that tweet, that is a way to get people to keep talking about her, especially when it's hard to, like I said, get people to talk about you. Oh, man. Brock Lesnar's going to be on Raw next week, finally. Where do you, what program do you think is next, Denise, for him? I have no idea because I feel like – we saw the Seth thing twice. Humberto. And, oh no, well, he's uh, no, he's he, he's going to be selling that injury for a while. Oh. He's he's hurt. Um, man, I he don't needs, know, he but needs I to go hope, sell that injury in NXT. I just hope that it's something that actually gets me interested, and I kind of want to see a new face at the top. Me I want to see somebody new, somebody I haven't seen in the title picture. Just. Just somebody that's going to keep me, like, you know, refreshed. Yes. And that I'm actually going to be excited for and maybe want to see as champion. Shree Profits defeated the OC. This sets up a triple threat title match for next week. The OC come out and stake their claim for a tag title shot. The Shree Profits came out, and I thought this promo was so boring. So bad. You didn't like the line about you're named after a teenage soap opera? And then, and then this ain't the high school musical? I loved that. I laughed so loud during that. Oh, no, they didn't. That was so bad. Yeah, I mean, it was bad. I'm not going to say it was like the greatest promo ever or anything like that, but it made me laugh. Hey. Oh, I hated it. And they were like, you want a tag title shot? What about us? And I'm thinking, you all got beat by the Viking Raiders in your last match like three weeks ago in three minutes. And they were talking about beating the OC. And I was like, that's the only team you've beaten. That's it. Whatever, they they win a tag match. Um, Angelo has some good suplexes. I loved Montez's big leaping tag. That was funny. Uh, yeah. Ford has a great drop kick. And uh, he makes a Tope Conhilo. He makes me think, oh, yeah, maybe I could do that. Just because the way that he's just like, yeah, no big deal. Does Dang. it so easily. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Uh, Street Profits win with a spine buster and an amazing frog splash from Montez. But... This this was average to me. But that that frog splash. I was gotta great. say, one of my favorite things. I don't ask me why, but one of the moves I love to see how any wrestler in the indie scene or wherever that he executes is a frog splash because it's it seems like a very easy move, but a lot of people that I've seen completely obliterate it. So for me, when I see someone do a really amazing frog splash, I'm just like, yes, you're in my book. I will remember that. So next week we get the OC versus Viking Raiders versus Street Profits. We'll make a little bit of a prediction. Do you see a title change happening there? Because Viking Raiders don't have to factor into the decision. I would hope not. I think the title still should stay where they're at right now. Yeah, I I agree. Viking Raiders are over. It's working for them. And uh, They deserve a good program, too. I don't think they've gotten it yet. Yeah, it deserves something better. I think for WrestleMania, it needs to be AOP Viking Raiders. Like, sirloin beef son of a bitches classic is what we'll call it. Uh, exactly. Drew McIntyre defeated Hawkins and Ryder. This was a good squash. Drew cuts a promo and kills both of them. I mean, I've said this before. He looked ready for a main event run, and then it was decided he needed to get beat up by Dolph Ziggler a bunch. They're clearly trying to rehabilitate him for that, and they're using squash matches to do it. Good. See, he's somebody I'd like to see in that picture with Brock. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, I would love that. And I just wonder how they will factor in and create a title contender for Brock. Uh, we have a retro review on Fightful Select that's coming up this week. Uh, it's 
Royal Rumbles that were not on pay-per-view. So we've got like the corporate Royal Rumble, the night or the 2004 Royal Rumble that Eddie Guerrero won. We've got like a minis rumble. I would love if they even did like a little like preview Royal Rumble to decide who's going to face him at the Royal Rumble. And then you can say, oh, this is promotion for the big pay-per-view we've got. Because they've done that with like six or seven people in the past. I think that could be good. And Drew McIntyre winning that would help establish him. You know what? This is super random, but one of the things I was thinking about today, I was like, man, you know what I really miss or what I would like to be see, to see again? You know when they used to have that for the Rumble when the guys would go in and pick their number out of that gold cage with yes. a little box? And then they would get yes. their number and we wouldn't know, but they would be like reacting to it. Man, I, I want to see that again because I thought that was like really fun, you know, watching that because it's like, oh, like what number did he get? Because this was his reaction. Do you remember the Eddie Ric Flair spot? Yes. That was yes. the best. That was hilarious. And, like, I just, yeah, that's what I was thinking about today. It was great. And then after Eddie had passed, Ray got the number one or two. And uh, it was just, it was so great. It was when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Perfect. Uh, and, yeah. and that, that helped the story of Ray winning that Royal Rumble too, because he immediately reacted, shouted out Eddie, and it added a lot more emotion to that story. Um, make sure you guys check that out. Retro review dropping Friday. Uh, myself and Mr. Warren Hayes review a lot of hidden Royal Rumbles. There's a tag team Royal Rumble that Kane and Mankind were in, and it was two weeks before Kane won the WWF championship. And Mankind got thrown off Hell in a Cell, and they're sitting here getting a tag title shot in a tag team Royal Rumble in, July, in like June. Pretty pretty cool stuff. So make sure you all subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Randy Orton comes out. Now last night, trainers had tended to him at a live event. Had a lot of people in a tizzy. It was reported <laughs> earlier today that maybe it's a storyline, and I was told that he had a segment on Raw tonight. And he did have a segment. He... Cut a promo, and, and he, I like that he started to ramble, and he was like, sorry, guys, I'm rambling. And he name-dropped Edge, and he says he screwed up his leg really bad. Now, my issue is I, I can't think of a leg injury that would keep you out for the rest of your career. Modern science has advanced too far at this point. Like, I don't know. Maybe if you ruptured your asshole or something, Denise, not that we know anybody that's ever done that before in the <laughs> wrestling ring, that might retire you. That might keep you out. Well, see, this is okay. So I personally didn't like this. The whole, really? I'm going to come out, I'm going to address this injury, I'm going to make this this big hoorah. And the reason why I didn't like it was because I was like, okay, it's a knee injury. Like, yeah. this is a, you know, the, what, like, that could be out nine months to a year. But I think the way he came out made it, like, very dramatic. Like, if it was, like, you know, like a neck thing or, or you know, something that was career ending. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, why go through all of that? Which, in the end, obviously, you know, everything worked out. But that's how I felt about that. And then the knee brace, too. It was just like little details where I was like, okay, that knee brace is definitely not going to be like an ACL thing because it wouldn't hold any of that. So it was just like little things where I was like, no, I'm not feeling this at all. And, um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. I I kind of dug it. I thought it was drawn out way too much. Uh, he promises an RKO at WrestleMania, which I, I did like that he kind of teased – I might be good enough to do an RKO at WrestleMania, but he wasn't promising like a match, so to speak. Uh, right. AJ comes out and taunts Orton, says he'll wait till WrestleMania to destroy Orton's leg and ends up kicking the crutch away. Orton says, I'm not as patient as you are and hits him with the RKO. I thought this was a natural thing to continue with. Now they, they faced each other at WrestleMania before. I highly doubt it's getting stretched out that far, Denise. I mean, I don't know because I, yeah, I mean, what, we're already like January. I, was, I literally had to look at the calendar and see where we were at right now. You would think I would know that. Um, I feel that that might, that doesn't sound like the, like the match that's going to be AJ's WrestleMania match. I don't know why. So maybe it won't be drawn out that long. 
This doesn't feel like it. It's plus, gonna be. Plus, they've done that one before, and I can't yeah. imagine them going back to it unless there was something there. I just feel like there are more interesting things uh, for both men to do than something that they've both done before. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Up next, we had Andrade, new U.S. champion Andrade. We haven't talked about that. So while... While I'm at Cincinnati at a house show, clearly the A show, clearly the A show, Andrade is in Madison Square Garden winning the United States Championship. Your thoughts of when you heard that he won the U.S. title? Honestly, so when I heard, I was just like, oh, man, because I didn't even realize that the house show was going to be. Honestly, like I was just so out of the loop that I was like, oh, I forgot the house show was on. And oh, he won. Oh, that's great. And um, I just I think what I was more surprised at was the big Twitter reaction to it. I felt everyone was just like, oh, my God, like this happened. And I think I was more impressed by everybody's Twitter reactions than the actual title change itself. Well, we had Andrade taking on a jobber tonight, and he beat his ass real proper, was taking him outside to kind of finish the job, and then Ricochet showed up. And I got to say, this Ricochet promo, it's funny because I thought to myself, oh, good, they're giving Ricochet some time to talk. You know, let's hear him talk and all of that. But then I remembered, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. And then he started, and I was like, why? Like, it's funny because I just, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't, it doesn't hit home, you know, in terms of like, like his mic skills. Like, I feel bad, but like, you know. Yeah, it's not good. And the thing is, like, people are like, oh, he's not a great promo. He doesn't have to be a great promo. He's one of the most unbelievable athletes in wrestling ever, ever. He's, he's, and this match showed it. It was, it was an awesome match. It was really good. It's just, he needs, uh, maybe he needs somebody to talk for him, or maybe he needs a character adjustment. To me, I, it just doesn't click with him being, and the thing is, he doesn't have to be an asshole. He doesn't have to be somebody he's not. He doesn't have to be any of that. But it's just like, ah, it's not there for me. Yeah, it's kind of like when he's on the mic, it just feels like he's playing wrestler instead of like actually like being in that mentality. And I think that's probably where he has that. Who knows what the issue is? But I just feel like, yeah, it, it just isn't connecting. It doesn't it doesn't hit like how it's supposed to be, you know. So um, but this match was good. I mean, it had a lot of really nice spots in there. I, you know, I love seeing both these guys in the ring together, period. And um I thought the match itself was really good, so I don't, like, everything else was perfectly fine, but it was just that little thing where it kind of took you out where you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that this is what Ricochet does. Well, this match was very good. He tries to, Andrade tries to take Ricochet on the floor, and it ends up hitting a back body drop on it. I gotta say, the Andrade elbow was the best I've ever seen. The cell was the best I've ever seen. It was deep. Ricochet fell flat over, just... It was phenomenal. Ricochet does the, the gold dust final cut suplex, but Zelina pushes him off the top, and a hammerlock DDT wins it for Andrade. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Uh, my, my first thought was, why the hell did Humberto ever beat Andrade? But... <laughs> I feel like it's so gone and over. I do want to say that I did like how Ricochet came into this match where they were going to repeat and exactly do, he was, Andrade was going to do the same thing to this guy that he did to Umberto. I did like how that played through because he came in and he was like, Hey, like I saw what you did. This ain't going to be happening again. So I did like how they actually added, you know, uh, you know, more of an element to this match, more of a story to it. So that was perfectly fine. And then, um, uh, I thought I, for a quick second, I was like, I really hope, because I know they were trying to make Ricochet a thing for a while. I don't know if that's still the, you know, doesn't really yeah. feel like that's happening anymore. But for a while it was. And I thought to myself, oh, man, what if they have Ricochet just beat Andrade, you know, for the bout here or something like that? I don't know. Um, I don't know why I was thinking that, but I was just a little, yeah. Well, next week it's going to be Rey Mysterio against Andrade. So they've built uh, a U.S. title match, a tag title match, and a Brock Lesnar appearance. It's very clear, like... This show for them next week is an important show. They're, they're, they're promoting a lot of stuff on this program and a lot of stuff that seems like it's going to matter, Denise. Brock, the three-way, the U.S. title match. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you're going to want to kick off the year. You're going to want to kick it off solidly. It's, it's looking like a decent show, but, um, 
a lot of things aren't quite as they appear sometimes, Denise. The Oh man, is it time? It is it is time. It's time. It's time. I was like, wait, what's next? Oh, it's time, yeah. It's time for the main event. This is the culmination. This is Denise Salcedo and Sean Ross Sapp's WrestleMania moment right here of podcasting. The wedding of the century. Lana and Bobby Lashley. The soon-to-be Lana Lashley is backstage saying everybody's obsessed with her, and we we go into the the ring. There's actually not a lot of look backs at, at or looks backstage at Lana and Lashley, relatively speaking. Lashley isn't wearing sleeves. Now, I just want to say this: couple of missed opportunities. Leo Rush being involved in any way that would have been awesome. Also, Sami Zayn should have ushered Lashley's sisters to their seat, the ones that he criticized in that video years ago. And then he should have said that he applied for an usher's license to get on Raw tonight. That's what I wanted to happen, but... Heck, he could have been a seat filler. (laughs) Exactly. That would have been great if he was like, I'm just a seat filler here. That would have been outstanding. That's a great idea. (laughs) Damn, I should have tweeted that. (sighs) But Lana isn't happy because the, the, the guy up there who looks like Bill Belichick uh, conducting the ceremony mentions children, the pitter patter of little feet, which to be quite honestly, kind of screwed up. If you didn't mention that to the guy, like that's, that's a really crappy thing for somebody conducting a wedding to say anyway. So I don't blame her for being mad, Denise. That's true. Like what if, what if, what if she had a hysterectomy? What if, any number of things happen, and she couldn't have children. Piss off, old man. Insensitive. Yeah. I don't appreciate it. Well, Lana didn't either. She didn't want to be, like, fat and have stretch marks and yada, yada, yada. Which actually, actually also ties back to the whole story where she was saying that Rusev just wanted her to have his her little Rusev. Yes. I forgot what she said. She said in the storyline she didn't want to little have Little Machkas. Babies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, this segment was like 35 minutes. It was so bad, Denise. It was long. It was boring. I was just sitting there thinking, oh my God, I don't want a wedding anymore. This is awful. I was like making people sit through this. Are you kidding me? And okay, so well, since we're at this point beginning portion of it all before the madness um i did like that the actually commentary said why there was nobody sitting in those seats by the entrance way because i thought to myself why isn't there anybody sitting there and then when they actually addressed the fact that they had no friends i was really happy that they actually did that um because i did think it would be kind of funny to have you know some people there yeah. but this this beginning portion was just very very boring very drawn out and i had a feeling i honestly thought that the whole rest of the show was just going to be Lana, you know, going off on a on a rant until, you know, until eventually they say their I do's. Well, you know what? She's going to say I do to your erect penis when you use BlueChew.com code Fightful. And let me tell you, you're going to need BlueChew to get through this segment. You're going to need to stay up all night. You're She's going to be asking for an overrun, Denise. She's going to want you to go past 11 p.m. Eastern. And if you want to make sure that you can, check out BlueChew.com and use that code FIGHTFUL. Hit them up at BlueChew. Let them know you heard about them from us. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Whether it's, it's, it's with your first wife from the military or the guy you married the day you turned 18. I mean, it, it, I'll be honest with you. If you're a lesbian couple, it's probably not going to do the trick. I'm just going to be up front with you guys. But it works a lot better and faster than Viagra and Cialis. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot more effective because it's a chewable. gets into your system a lot faster. Uh, it's cheaper because it's prescribed online by Blue Chew uh, uh, affiliated physicians, and it ships straight to your door. You don't have to schedule a doctor's appointment. You don't have to go to the pharmacy and pick it up. It's discreet. It's discreet, which is what you would like. If, like, your family walked in, Denise, you said you had to watch the segment with your family. I had my 14-year-old sister in the room oh. watching that. So you're, and my fiancé. So you're probably like, man, how about a little discretion here? That's what Blue Chew does for you. Blue Chew is outstanding. Like I said, full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. 
Blue Chew helps you perform and it gives you that confidence. You don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. Check it out. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. This segment was long. And it was hard. BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. Uh, so... Lana wasn't reading from a script, it didn't seem, and it it just wasn't good. Like, I'm glad that she's not reading from a script, at least, but it, it just wasn't good. But she has vows prepared for Lashley. He misses, like, every other word, it seems like. The highlight of this is, like, Lashley's makeup gets all over Lana's face or something. Like, it was... Is that what it was? I thought it was just a shadow from the decorations. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was, it yeah. was rough. It was, That's it was what bad. I thought. It seemed like it stayed on her face. I don't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> but there are big Rusev Day chants, and then Lana's first husband appears and says, We got married the day she turned 18, and he, she left me for Rusev, that son of a bitch, and then she left Rusev for this son of a bitch, and Lashley so- beats him up. I will tell you something. I don't know if I sensed it or what, but I kind of sensed something was going to go on because when he came out, I thought, oh, they're going to introduce him as Bobby's secret lover. I actually thought it the opposite way. So I didn't know. Lo and behold, I was on to something there. In light of recent events, you could find weirder things or or more uh, things out of left field. I don't want to say weird, but things out of left field that could have happened. But – then, also, I love that Lashley beat him up, but Lashley's first wife, quote-unquote, from the military, not Crystal Marshall, uh, comes out, and then Lana just immediately beats her up. And I love that. Like, Lana is uh, the, the the monster bride, and she just destroys this woman. I did like that part, because she was like, not on my watch, I'm going to kick your butt. And I thought that fell in line with Lana's character, because she's she's that girl, you yeah. know, like, she don't, she doesn't, she doesn't care. She's going to do what she wants, it's all about me, and, you know, if some girl comes and ruins on her parade, she is not going to let that happen. So I did like that she did that, because I thought they were going to kind of keep it talking, but the way she did it was sort of like a, like a surprise. Yeah, and uh, like I said, this segment goes really long, and I'm going to give you all some wedding advice at the end of this segment. I already interrupted it with Blue Chew, but then we get the real surprise. Liv Morgan is ready. She's ready to show up and say that the love of her life is here, Denise, and she can't let this happen. And Lashley's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, not you, Lana. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so let, let's, let's first off address this. There haven't been a lot of openly gay storylines in WWE period there have been some and a lot of people say Billy and Chuck that was a ruse the whole gimmick was that it was a ruse Sonya Deville pushed for one with Mandy Rose it was a big subject in Total Divas this year didn't end up happening but first off I want to say in storyline in storyline do you think Liv Morgan and Lana were doing the damn thing I thought you were going to ask me something totally different. I was what, like, what, I can't even. Re- I, can't, I you, can't even. I can't even repeat what you were going to ask. What did you think I was going to ask you? I'll tell you off air. I can't even say it on air because <laughs> my mind went somewhere totally inappropriate. Oh, man. I was like, God, please do not tell me Sean's going to ask me this right now. Okay, I'm, but, I'm not going to ask you if they're doing an old fifty-fifty guard on their uh, the downtime. I'm not asking you if they're working their leg locks or anything. Like, I'm not going to ask you that. So, first of all, I just want to say that going back to the husband and the old wife, I I, I could not believe I was watching that. I was just like, this is just is ridiculous. This, this is too much. I mean, I know that it's been ridiculous and it's been too much, but this, this was just like, oh, now I'm going to hit you with this. Now I'm going to hit you with that. I just felt like everything that's just crazy and dramatic and outrageous, just throw it into the storyline. And that's kind of what I felt was happening here. And, uh, but when Liv Morgan came out, I thought to myself, so we went through all of this, everything. All of this for Liv Morgan, for this to essentially be a Liv Morgan Lana, uh, to lead to a Liv Morgan Lana storyline now, like what, like, I just had no idea that those two things were going to eventually come together. 
You know, we've been talking about Liv Morgan and, and oh, what's her character going to be? This is so exciting. Let's see what they're going to do with her. And we've been seeing these vignettes and I just never connected the two. And it just kind of makes it seem like, you know, they needed a payoff for this Bobby Lashley Lana thing and they didn't know where to go with it. So, hey, let's throw in Liv Morgan now. And this was just outrageous. But it was it was it was funny. You said you didn't see it coming together. It seems like there's been a lot of coming together in this storyline, if you know what I mean, guys. And BlueChew.com code Fightful can help you do that as well. Mm. <laughs> so they, they, have, they have really an ECW-style catfight. This is what this is. This is straight out of the Paul Heyman playbook. This is... After page one, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Page two is catfight. That's page two. I did like Bobby Lashley's reaction where he was like, no, I, I, I did not do anything with this girl. Like, this was not me. You know, he was playing the victim or whatever. And then, you know, once he realizes that she's there for Lana, he has like this face that is just hilarious. But I did think I liked Lana's reaction to this, too, because she was kind of like, you're out here essentially blowing this big secret and ruining my life and ruining my marriage. But it just seems like it just seems crazy that it was this whole thing for that like, i can't fathom oh, that i can't man. fit it in my head this whole segment was such dog shit but i will always like in 10 this is the way that i mention it denise like in 10 years i i think if i retro review this raw will it be fun to retro review and there are a lot of stuff shows where there's nothing to talk about this will be a show that in 10 years that you and I hopefully will go back and look at. Hopefully I can pry you away from whatever company that you're at for one day so we can relive this 10 years from now. And I can be like, Denise, I know, you, I know you're interviewing people for WWE or AEW, but we got to talk about the Rusev, Lana, Lashley, Liv Morgan, first wife, second husband, all this crap. And it would be hilarious. I, I will forever remember this segment, Denise. That's true, but it's like... I don't know. It's so like, bad. I, it's it was so just bad. so. It was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. The worst thing I've ever seen. Like I can't think of anything as bad as this that I've ever seen. Honestly, I I really can't. Like right now, like this is just on the top of that list. Like I just I don't think I'm creative enough to think of all these crazy things, throw them into one, and you know essentially mix them all up. And oh, and then Rusev still comes out of that cake. By the way. Yeah, oh yeah. Which, I mean, we're getting there. I mean, there's a lot of concerns about WWE's willing or ability or willingness to tell an actual good storyline that involves the lesbian and gay community. Like, there's a real concern there considering their well, track they're record. they're probably going to – you could – they could pro – like, I just don't know because it's – you know, I, you never know. Like, they could do it, like, in a mocking sort of way, and obviously that wouldn't be cool. You know, obviously not. So you got to be, like, really careful, I think, how they're going to – depict this it's a terror for me to even think about talking about it because people people can take things the wrong way just just that you say and like do i have a problem with them doing it no not at all even if lana and Liv morgan quite frankly aren't sonia deville who have been pushing it very hard i, I interviewed darren young a couple times and i saw how much it affected him <sighs> mentally personally that he came out he went to WWE and said, let's ride with this. Let me let me fly that flag. Let me be that representative. And then when he was fired, it was Finn Balor, a straight man, who ended up flying that flag at WrestleMania. It wasn't Darren Young who had had this as a secret his whole life and had to, had to worry about how it would be perceived in locker rooms and all that. It was a guy who was actually his friend and did not experience those things, at least – as best we know, uh, that did that. So, you know, it does make me wonder how a Sonya Deville would feel if they, if she fought hard to make a storyline like this a reality. And not only did somebody else get it, but maybe somebody else that, that doesn't share her experiences in that regard. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it can be a, a scary thing. And not every, not every storyline is bet that you come up with is best served for you. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ideas that work better for other people, but it's hard for me to believe that that one would be. 
Well, I'm just going to give you this example. So I don't know if you've seen like, you know, like in pop culture, like movie news and all of that stuff, whenever they have announced that they're going to be having, you know, uh, a sh- uh, I f- who I think it was Scarlett Johansson or Ruby Rose or something like that, where she was asked to play a role of a gay character. And because she wasn't gay, she they people did not like the idea of her playing this role. And then she had to back down from that role. So this is an actual thing where people that, you know, are part of the LGBTQ plus community, like they don't like they want people that if you're going to have a transgender role, you should have a transgender person play these roles and so it's pretty interesting to me that you know that's obviously a heavy topic right now in the Hollywood realm of things and you know now when you mentioned that that you have people that associate you know with the LGBTQ plus community and then you have people that don't or we at least not that we know of that are taking part in this in this you know storyline so I don't know I think that depending on who you are you can take it different ways. So Sonia Deville has sent out a tweet. She said, "Well, my mind is blown." Mandy Rose, who was slated to be a part of that storyline that was pitched, said, "No words." And Sonia followed up by saying, "I know, my friend. I know." So it doesn't seem like she's exactly thrilled, but that's just us perceiving that from from Twitter, and you can only perceive so much from that. Um, go ahead. How they handle it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because if they're going to do, like, how they handled this whole uh, this whole thing with them together, um, Liv Morgan and Lana, after this, it's going to be the big telling portion of this. Because I'm like, are they going to do, are, are they going to add, like, more to the storyline? Like, oh, you know, you kept this a secret or whatever. Because they're going to have to follow up on it. Like, that's just that. Like, they're going to have to do it. But now it's like, how do you do it in an appropriate sort of way? So after all this, Rusev emerges from the cake. Everybody knew he was in that goddamn cake. Everybody knew he was. But production was so bad on this. You couldn't see anything because it kept getting blocked off. But any, anyway, Rusev and Liv collectively beat the hell out of Lana and Lashley and end the show celebrating together. We're going to see some tag matches there too. Your thoughts that's on this. Our future. That's our future. We're going to see some tag matches on this for sure. And honestly, like, I just, I kind of feel like let down. I feel, well, I mean, I don't know why I feel let down. I, I think I was expecting something else with the Liv Morgan thing. And then I was, ex- I mean, I was expecting a train wreck with the wedding period, but I don't think I expected all of this, like, madness. So a tweet has reemerged that I have retweeted from. 2017 of Liv Morgan posting a picture with Lana, (laughs) (laughs) which is is pretty cool from 2017. Oh, man. That's raw. Leave a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. But, Denise, you are back here with me on Wednesday for The List and Your Girl, which we filmed. And it's available on Select now, but uh, we have – a uh, how how should I say a theme music show after the the warm reception that we got talking about it a while back we did a full hour on WWF WWE themes. Yes, I honestly like that was a lot of fun. I'm still I've still been thinking about it. I think I need to go back and like after we talked about these songs, they made me want to go back and re-listen to some of them. So yeah. I'm probably gonna do that like like later. <laughs> and we had such a good time. Like I, I we started to talk about a couple TNA themes towards the end, and I was like. We oh, gotta yeah. save that for another episode, like, cause we've got plenty to talk about there too. Like, there's so I just much can't good stuff. Believe, I can't believe how many people, like, freaked out because I didn't like the AJ Styles song. So now I'm wondering what kind of feedback I'm gonna get, like, based off of what I said on this podcast. Like, I'm terrified. <laughs> we also have the fill in for last week's list in your boy, uh, where Jimmy Van gives you a look at his LJN collection, the, the widest in the world. I'll give you a look at my DVD collection. It's a lot of fun. Also, as a replacement show, since I know that a lot of you like like to get the, the news as well, I did the Fightful Select newscast last week. It was a short 15-minute show on Friday tackling the week's news. I'll probably do that again. But we have the Q&A form up right now for this week's Q&A show that's dropping Thursday. Make sure you guys subscribe. Denise, tell the people where they can find you. 
All right, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. My goal for 2020 is to overwork myself and put lots of videos out. So, guys, go check them out. I'm also posting, like, more random stuff so people don't think that I'm just, like, a Taylor Swift-obsessed person, which I am, but I'm posting more. <laughs> um, um, and, yeah, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Guys, thank you all so much. Um, it, I was telling Denise off the air, most of our viewers have followed us to this SRS Wrestling channel. I am very hopeful that we get back to Fightful Channel. I don't know how realistic it is, but I'm hopeful. I worked very hard on that channel, as did a lot of other people, and I want it back, but I want to thank you all for following me here. I want to thank you all for getting my friend Warren Hayes, over 1,000 subscribers, while we were on the air right now. Uh, that means a lot as well. We are always at FightfulPods.com. Make sure you guys go there. Also, SmackDown show this week, Wednesday Night War, but Sunday afternoon, myself and Jeremy Lampert will be bringing you the Wrestle Kingdom wrap-up. I thought about doing live shows after each one. Warren is on his channel, so check that out. But I was like, you know what? It'd probably make more sense to not have a bunch of takes that expire in like 10 hours. So we're just going to do uh, a night two wrap-up. We're going to do something for New Year Dash as well. But lots of good stuff over there. Thank you all so much. Here's to a good 2020. Subscribe to Fightful Select. We're out.